You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am really good, man. This is uh, an interesting week, to say the least. We play so deep into the year. Now our season just ended, but now it's like, holy moly, we need to do staff changes and see who's going to be on our, our roster next year. And that all gets decided like today and this week. So we're in the middle of a huge news cycle. Yeah, I mean, it's 1.38 on Thursday afternoon, and uh, Mac Jones apparently is going to announce that he's declaring for the draft at 2 o'clock. I'm on the road in Mississippi, so I haven't confirmed that, but apparently that's going to happen. Uh, Meanwhile, Chris Allen has decided he's coming back, along with Fedarian, don't call me Phil Mathis, and um, they both are going to be coming back. And there's strong rumors about some other dudes coming back that – Keelan Robinson, I mean, a guy that I just assumed was, uh, you know, done for. He, he just, you know, he, he sat out a year for COVID reasons, which is fine. Um, I'm assuming he still gets a ring. Is that right? I would guess so. I don't think we should hold it against anyone for, uh, for opting out. No, that'd be kind of shitty of us. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I, don't think, I don't think forcing anyone to play uh, and, and, and to my knowledge, he, he of course kept a scholarship and step, kept going to school. Um, no, I mean, I, I think he should get, uh, you know, uh, it, it's an unfortunate thing for, for everyone. And, uh, and Keelan is still a part of our program. So, yeah, I think he should. Yeah, I think he should too. So, um, and then there are rumors abound about guys like Landon Dickerson and Dylan Moses and Josh Job and um, uh, who else? Uh, Chris Owens? Yeah, I think I can chime in about one. I'll go ahead and chime in because I do have some, some I don't know, it's not scoop and it's no big deal, but but Job is returning. I, I know that that's true. So Josh, Job is returning. Now, in terms that's of big. the rumors, the rumors about Landon Dickerson, Chris Owens, Dylan Moses, Brian Robinson, those four guys, I have heard those rumors. Uh, I do believe there's a good chance Brian Robinson's coming back. As to the other three, I've heard the rumors like everyone else, but I don't know anything right now about those three. Uh, but I do believe Brian Robinson is likely to return. And again, I don't know this, so I'm not reporting it. We're not reporters anyway, but I believe Brian Robinson is returning as uh, I think his decision to return began around the time of Trey's car accident because Alabama might was going to be in a bind. Uh, Trey was the anticipated 2021 starter. Um, so so I, I'm not surprised if Brian Robinson's coming back. And none of that's to say that Trey won't be 100% healthy. He may be, but it's understandably a question mark. Yeah. Um, man, Trey Sanders just had the worst luck. But uh... – you know, and his misfortune may be the fortune for Brian Robinson. And I'm going to tell you something. There, there was nobody who made me smile outside of Devontae Smith as much as Brian Robinson's performance in the national championship game. Because it would have been so easy for a guy who a lot of people felt was better 
than Najee Harris in some practices. That uh, for him to pout and sulk and, and sort of be like, well, Najee's getting all the carries. Najee's getting all the hype. Najee, Najee, Najee. Um, <laughs> instead, he came in when Najee needed a break and just kicked ass. And at the end of the game, I mean, it was salted away anyway. But he made it so it was like Ohio State couldn't even score a jump touchdown. And um, I really loved the way he ran the football. Um, I hope he works on his pass catching ability. I think that's going to be crucial. But, uh, you know, if he comes back, I think that's great. And I think he can be sort of the Roy Upchurch of next year. I, I don't know that Brian Robinson can do Najee Harris numbers. Even in a, if, if we play 15 games, I don't think he can match his numbers. In fact, I, I'd be surprised if he got half of them, especially with our running back depth. But uh, I, I was proud of the way he performed, and I'm happy he's coming back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that, like, word for word. I mean, it, 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 if, if Brian is coming back, that's good because he's a good player. Just think, if he wasn't coming back, you know where he would be playing next year in the NFL. So it's crazy to think he's not good enough to play at Alabama. He's good enough to play in the NFL. So he's good enough. He's a, an experienced senior. Uh, he'll be a leader. He's got another year to improve his deficiencies. I think if Brian Robinson is our starting back and, and got 15 carries a game, that he'd be good or even very good. And uh, let, let's just say, let's leave it up to the other guys to beat him out. I mean, Trey, get healthy and beat him out. Jace, beat him out, you know, and, you yeah. know, make, make Saban play you instead. You know, make Saban play you instead. And there, there, there's a path to doing that in practice and in the scrimmages and in the games. So, it, it, it's not like if Brian comes back, he's the starter, and that's the end of the story. Uh, and, and if it is, that's fine, because I think Brian will be fine. But but uh, it's just on the other guys uh, to beat him out. The depth at running back next year, as of right now, is absurd. I mean, there could be seven. If Brian comes back and, 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 and Keelan's coming back, there could be seven guys. Uh, that's, that's a lot. I think five is an ideal number. And six, it starts getting out of hand. Seven is a freaking, that's a lot. Seven's a bunch. Seven does assume, number one, that Kamara Wheaton actually signs with us, that uh, Trey Sanders is healthy, that Keelan Robinson doesn't change positions, maybe move to some kind of hybrid return man, David Palmer-esque, dare I say, Arvin (laughs) Richard-type position. Um, But, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is where you want to go to put that cash money bet in. Go to BetOnline.ag right now, run, don't walk, and use your computer fingers to get online at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You can bet on anything you want to bet on. They've got everything, man. Poker, blackjack, of course, all kinds of sports betting. Easy to pay, easy even better to get paid. BetOnline.ag, that is the sports betting site and just overall betting site that all things locked on endorse, and uh, certainly we put our stamp of approval on it. And I've used them, and they're great, um, easy to, to – everything's easy to understand and manipulate and um, maneuver through and, and matriculate and all these other words that probably don't have anything to do with what I'm talking about. So uh, BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code locked on and then tweet me that you thank me profusely. 
All right, Jimmy, let's talk about some of the coaches moving on because, you know, Ooh. Steve Sarkeesian, I mean, this is this this just happens. I mean, I'm not even mad about it anymore. I used to, you know, Kirby did his thing and, and, you know, took some coaches and took some pictures and took some other things. But um, I think, you know, Sarkeesian taking Kyle Flood and taking Bank, Coach Banks and Wiggins apparently. And, I mean, okay, I, I mean, Saban will handle this quick. I'm not worried about that so terribly much. I I hate it that banks who recruited a lot of big time commits from this class won't be there for them. But you know, I think kids are savvy enough now to know this is just part of the game, man. You you just you're going to deal with um some coaches moving on just like you're going to deal with players in the transfer portal. Yeah, I got a few things uh to say not necessarily again inside scoop. I'm going to stay away from that, but what I'll say is this I've seen way too many message board posts and social media things of fans saying even texts to me from, from my, from my circle of friends that when we have a coach leave, there's this automatic, Oh no. Um, how do y'all know that Nick Saban didn't want that to happen? I mean, he's been here for 14 years. How many times do we think in the last 14 years I want everyone to name an instance where Nick Saban sat at a desk across from an assistant coach that worked for him and said, you're fired, get out. I mean, he doesn't operate that way, which is great. He takes care of his people. So when he wants to make a change, these people end up with jobs. And in fact, many of them end up with better, higher paying jobs. And everyone's happy, including Nick Saban. So I don't think anyone should ever assume that in every instance, Coach Saban is upset about what happened. Now, I do think in Jeff Banks' case, no, that was probably, true. yeah, I, I do think in Jeff Banks' case, that was probably something that Coach Saban didn't want to see because there's two elements to the job, right? There's coaching your guys and there's recruiting. And from the outside, to me, Jeff Banks was, was, was really very good in recruiting and pretty good coaching his spot. Now, the tight ends haven't been the stars of the team, uh, but they've been pretty good, and, and several guys have contributed, and his special teams have, have definitely been good overall. Now, there's been holes and problems, but overall, it's been good. But Texas is home for him. That's where he's from. That's where his wife is from. They're from there. And Sark is giving him an additional title and over a million dollars. He will be the first assistant coach in college football to get over a million dollars a year and not be an offensive or defensive coordinator. So you can't blame Banks for taking that. You can't blame Sark for getting a really good coach uh, to come home. And while Saban might be like, eh, that he's not happy about it, let's see who replaces him because I get a feeling that the coach that replaces Banks uh, is going to be a pretty big name that people will assume uh, will recruit really well, right or wrong. No, I think that's, I think that's all very true. Um, and, again, it, as long as they don't get Saban, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It, That's it right. doesn't. I mean, Saban is the guy. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's like saying 
man, I've got these fantastic seats I just bought from rockauto.com, and I got them at an unbelievable price, and I stole them right up from under this other guy. And they go, okay, well, where's the rest of the car? Oh, shit, the other guy's got the rest of the car. I forgot about that part. It's the rest of the car that's important. It's not not just the seats and the chassis. I mean, you got to have the rest of the shit. Yep. And and Saban is the entire Saban is a literal car lot. He has a car lot. It's not even a metaphor. It's just reality. He's it's like Bill, o, you know. It's obvious, but Bill O'Brien's the new offensive coordinator, and and we've known that. We've talked about it really on the podcast for a few days, actually, or at least hinted at it. Uh, and I know that Sark was great, and I'm not saying Bill O'Brien's gonna be better because I don't know that you can be better. I mean, Sark was probably as good as it gets and a good recruiter on top of it. But what other college program can hire Bill Belichick's former quarterback coach and offensive coordinator who was the head coach at Penn State and did so good there, he springboarded it into being the head coach of the Houston Texans and was there for seven seasons for all the people saying he sucked. Yeah, it sucked pretty bad at the end. But, you know, the NFL, he was in the NFL for seven seasons in one job. That means it wasn't bad all the time. In fact, I think I read they were in the playoffs five of those seven years. And while people – I think one of, those, yeah, one of those years, I think Deshaun Watson got hurt when they were having a good year, if I remember right. And, again, Tom Brady has said um, that Bill O'Brien's one of the best quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators he's ever worked with. And he doesn't have to say that about somebody that he worked with 12 years ago. And when the idea came up to hire Bill O'Brien, who do we think Nick called first? Bill Belichick, maybe? And, and, and Nick hired Bill, Bill O'Brien. So yeah. you can't come with better credentials to the college game than Bill O'Brien. Uh, and, and I'll even go this one step further. This is crazy speculation here, but I'm just saying – don't we all think that had Texas not come calling and Sark stuck around and Nick retired two years from now, that Sark was going to be our head coach, right? Uh, yep. Well, what if, what if Bill O'Brien has an offense as fun and good as Sark's and he's here for three and people are like, man, this Bill O'Brien offense is badass. And Nick retires. Now we got a coach on the staff who's been a head coach at Penn state and won a head coach for the Houston Texans and one, and he's been running the Nick Saban offense for three. I'm just saying Bill O'Brien has also now got to be on the list of succession, I guess you would call it. So uh, we'll see, but I'm, I'm excited. That's what I'm saying. Every time a coach leaves, it's an opportunity to improve. It's not an opportunity. It's not, Oh no. It's like, I mean, I saw some people fretting that Pete Golding might be leaving to go to Texas. Why are we fretting when a year ago everybody was trying to give him away, trade him to the Baltimore Orioles for for a case of baseballs? I mean, you know, a year ago, I'm thinking a week and a half ago. <laughs> That's right. Why I mean, is everybody like would assume that Nick Saban wouldn't want that to happen, particularly if Golding ends up with a million-dollar job in the same state he was coaching in when he left to come to Alabama. I mean, why would that be like Nick Saban can't get to sleep at night? I, I bet Nick would be a me. I bet Nick's already like, hmm, I got about 10 ideas where we might could upgrade there. So we'll see. 
Nick doesn't sleep. He powers down, by the way. He goes into screensaver <laughs> mode because that's what, that's what cyborgs do. Um, Jimmy, I mentioned Rock Auto a little bit ago. RockAuto.com is where you want to go for all the parts your car will ever need. Be sure to tell them you heard about Rock Auto Trump by the Locked On Network. Just use uh, put Locked On in the Hide You Hear About Us box, and uh, we would certainly appreciate it. But you can get all – do you just have a big exhale? <laughs> I'm in the lobby of my important law building, and uh, there's a code to get in and a big heavy door, and I can't help it when okay. people walk in and out of here. Uh, so anyway, rockauto.com is where you want to go to get all the parts your car will ever need. You can get your chassis and your rearview mirrors. And if you want to get those seats I was talking about, you know, just be sure you have the rest of the car. That's important. You can get seat belt parts. You can get fuzzy dice. You can get the little hula dancers you can put on your dashboard. Whatever you want for your car, tires, uh, hubcaps, um, axles, uh, oil, whatever you need for your car. Rock Auto's got it, and they got it at incredible prices. And, man, I'm telling you, you're going to save a boatload of money, a boatload of money, actually a carload of money, if you get where I'm get, pick up what I'm putting down here. So rockauto.com, go there today. Thank us later. Jimmy, uh, I guess we'll talk a little. You know, at some point, I think maybe next week, I, I do want to let this national championship marinate a little bit more. Uh, before we get into talking about, you know, who, who you expect to have a breakout season next year and all that junk. So I think we'll just sort of bounce around here for a minute. Um, first of all, basketball team, 5-0. and We talked about the injuries to Bruner and to uh, Herb Jones. It sounds like Quinterly may be available for Saturday against Arkansas. Uh, Herb Jones. I believe so. It sounds, like, it sounds like he's out, but Nate Oates didn't say he's out. Um, so we'll see about that. But, yeah, we're going to need him because here's the thing. This Arkansas team, which I thought was going to be pretty good at the beginning of the year, you know, they started the season undefeated, and then, and then they went on the road and beat Auburn. Um, but they've kind of stunk it up since then. They, they don't appear to be very good, and they don't play very good defense. Um, so we need to get this win, especially at home. Which is a, not a must win, obviously, but it's, it's, we, can't, we don't need to lose this game. Now, Tuesday night, at LSU, that's going to be a tough out, man. That's going to be a tough one to win. There's no doubt about that, um, especially if we have these injuries. And, you know, Bruner will be out definitely. Herb Jones could be out. Who knows about Quinterly? It could be a problem for us against LSU. But we've got to get this win this Saturday, and then I think the next Saturday we play Mississippi State at home. Another game we need to win. So uh, shorthanded or not, we got to take two of these next three. Yeah, winning. I mean, Alabama's put themselves in a position. I, I'll, I think it's this. I think it's this clear, even though it's also, you know, there's so much basketball left. But based on the wins so far, based on where Alabama's put itself today, you're, you're in the tournament if you just simply hold serve at home, and all these you're favored to win. That's pretty much all the games Alabama has to win to get in. Now that's not what Alabama needs to do to get a good seed and give itself right. an opportunity to get in the tournament in advance. But in terms of just getting in the NCAA tournament, just win the home games that you're favored to win, and you're in. Now, you want a high seed? Uh, go beat LSU on the road. And, again, like you said, that's, that's going to be pretty tough. They, they have a strong-ass team down there. Uh, yeah, no pun intended. But um, also yeah, – Sort of intended it, but, yeah. Know, it, 
Oh, it was intended. Okay, well, good, good by you. I enjoyed um, it. Oh, look at look at old look at the big brain on Jimmy. Um, but uh, <laughs> but here, you know, we also don't know for sure. I mean, we believe this is going to be a sixty-eight team tournament. We believe that. But ESPN, when they do their bracketology every week now, they do a, a sixty-eight team bracket. I think it's a forty-eight team bracket, and then a sixteen team bracket. Because what they're trying to say is, hey, a bunch of things could happen where, and we don't need to just put a bunch of undeserving teams in there to fill out the 68. We may only have 48 spots available, you know, 48 teams that are worthy or that have automatically qualified and because of COVID or whatever, who knows. Um, So it's not, I mean, yeah, we're, we're sitting pretty. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're all thrilled where we are. But we do have two pretty key injuries right now. We've got another dude who's got some kind of medical issue, which we assume is COVID. And uh, that's three starters. I mean, the, all three of those guys have started in some capacity this year. Uh, two of them, I think, have started every game. So uh, it's, it's a problem that they're out, and we're going to have to be able to deal with that. Uh, and I think we can get by losing to LSU fine. But we need to beat Arkansas. We need to beat Mississippi State. And then we got Kentucky again at home. And Lord knows how they're going to show up. I mean, we beat the brakes off of them. But that doesn't mean we'll beat the brakes off of them next time. That doesn't mean that at all. Um, right. If Kentucky gets their shit together, they're one of the best teams in the country. We all know this. So, Jimmy, one other thing I saw on Twitter, uh, a podcast, LSU podcast put out there. You know, he said, okay, we analyzed it. We went over the numbers. And 2019 LSU would beat 2020 Alabama. Uh, 55 to 38. And I was like, oh, oh you know, from the, from the Locked On Bama account, I said, oh, I can do that. 2020 Alabama beats LSU, 2019 LSU 67 to 5. We give y'all a safety. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I was like, what a dumbass. I mean, that's the, I mean, anybody can do that. I mean, yeah, again, I mean, I, I would. so stupid. I would trust uh, – I would be interested to know – I'd be interested in reading Bill Connolly, you know, would be a neutral guy who's really good with numbers and stats, Jeff Sagarin. Give me some neutral computer analytics expert to tell me who would win that game, and I'm going to be interested. But really, does not matter? I mean, I guess we're arguing about who's the greatest team of all time. Is that what we're arguing about? I'll just say this. You know, my only contribution to the argument would be this. 2019 Alabama pushed 2020 LSU to the brink. Good point. You know, 2020 Alabama destroyed 2020 LSU and pretty much everybody else they played. I mean, I'm just saying LSU did play some close games, even against Auburn, you know, who, who wasn't all that great. So I, I, I'm going to say I, I, I would I would depend on that when making my comparisons between the two, but also the comparison is kind of silly. What does it matter? What does it matter? They they were a highly deserving national champion in 2019. Alabama was highly deserving in 2020, and that's that. No, I, I totally agree. Um, all right, buddy, uh, that'll do it for this episode. We will be back. I hope we get to do a podcast after the Arkansas game on Saturday. I'm kind of hoping for that, so we'll just see how it goes. Um, but otherwise, uh, roll time. Roll time.